Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. Uh, and guys, you know I've been doing a little bit of research into what makes people tick here recently. And so today's guest aligns with that perfectly. He is a motivational speaker that helps people to achieve success by rebalancing their brains. And Lord knows we could all use a little bit of that. So please, welcome to the show, Liam Nadem. Liam, welcome. Thank you, Sam. It's a real pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on your show. Dude, I, I just cannot wait to dig into this because you're a specialist in an area of life that I am just now starting to discover. From from being raised as a blue-collar guy where where mindset stuff was frowned upon um, to now as a, as a guy in his 40s that's really starting to understand the power of the brain, I find you a fascinating guest and you practice something called neurostate rebalancing. So before we hear your story, just tell us a little bit about what it is that you do now. Well, what I basically do is, is show people how to um, really achieve the results they want in their life by understanding how to use this incredibly powerful machine that we've all been given called the brain. Because the brain is actually the key to everything. It's, it's literally, its purpose is to make us the best that we can be. It's, which, in other words, to make us happy mm -hmm. so that we survive biologically. So if we end up with problems or if we end up not being the best we can be, all you can say logically is the machine is not working properly. Okay. And all you need to do is figure out how to use it the right way and you get the results that it's designed to give you. So that's really what I share and teach these days with them. Um, with people how do you even begin to move into a world where you figure that out because for me coming into a, an arena where i accept that the my mind is responsible for every last facet of my existence it's been very very difficult how did you even begin to discover this way of thinking well it's quite a, a quite a funny story in a way because um like probably many of your listeners, I was a, a, a small business owner pretty well mm -hmm. all my life since I left university. Never really mm -hmm. had a job. Um, jo I've jobs had are overrated. Different businesses. Yeah, just <laughs> over broke it stands for. But, <laughs> yes. um, yeah. But anyway, um, so I've and I've always studied success and I've mm -hmm. always been really interested in how can I be more successful in business and personally. And I, I literally, as well as being brought up in a religious family and, and looking heavily into whether religion could help me, mm -hmm. I got an education at university thinking that would make me successful. And it didn't really. Maybe <laughs> it was fun and made me knowledgeable. Yeah. So then I went down the whole self-improvement, personal development world. And I went to seminars all over the world. I read tons of books. I did courses on everything from motivation and goal setting to reprogramming your subconscious mind changing your beliefs all and of it, these things were you doing this while you still own your business were you were you like absolutely to, i so wanted to try success. to find the edge in your yeah. business right yeah and okay yeah that's right so i did all of these things and and i did spirituality lots of different winter courses and on spirituality as well 
So I thought I knew a lot about success. And by the time I was in my mid 40s, I was doing pretty well. I was a multimillionaire. I had a number of businesses on the go at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought, you know, this is all pretty good. However, I realized I also had a lot of stress and a lot of problems. And I had them all throughout my business career, if you like. And I'd come to the point of accepting stress and problems and thinking, well, all the books and all the people who tell you this is what success is all about. You have to accept problems are a part of being a success. (laughs) And you have to overcome all of these struggles and all of these challenges. And the more that you do, that's how you achieve success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, Well, Well, I'm I'm laughing because I live in this world. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But um, I didn't really enjoy that part of it, but I kept doing more courses and learning more things because I thought there's there's surely a way through here. I want to get to the stage where I feel in control of my life. After all, that's why we have our own business, isn't it? You want to be in control of your life. You want the freedom to enjoy your life. You're not doing it just to be a slave and having lots of problems. No, absolutely. That's what so many of us end up being. Mm. So anyway, what happened in my mid-40s was something that should never have happened, given that I was such an expert on how to create success. And that was, I lost everything as well. And I became homeless. Do you mind me asking how? Well... Without getting into all of the nitty gritty, it was really a combination. And I think this is one of the things I want to talk about a bit later as to how to avoid this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the result of making a number of bad decisions. And bad decisions in business and personally, they have a habit of sort of snowballing and building up on you. And this all sort of yeah. came to a head. Yeah, momentum you know? works both ways, doesn't it? It works both ways. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, yeah. it, it's funny. We, we've, we've similar, similar, similar stories. Yeah. I made a whole list of yeah. bad decisions too. So, yeah. So, yeah. so how did it go after, after? Well, you know, I I ended up having to move in with my elderly mother who was in her 70s mm-hmm. and sleep on the on the sofa in her living room in her small apartment. You know, I literally had had nothing. What and there are a few things that are... What did that oh, feel was, like, man? How do, how do you go from multi-millionaire as, as a man? As, how, did, how did you cope with that, that, that pressure well, and at that, the time, that sense of loss? At the time, it's... Well, the funny thing about it, and when I start to explain how the brain works and how mm-hmm. I figured out how the brain works and how we're actually supposed to live, how right. we're biologically designed to live, as I mentioned at the beginning, mm-hmm. what I realized was something quite different that I'd never thought of before. Because when you go through a really, as you would know, traumatic um, situation like that, you come to a point where you just sort of give up. Well, I did. And I, thought, I, did, you know, I did too. I, I gave what... up and I just drank more. Yeah. I just drank more. That's yeah. all I did. Yeah. 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 But you get to a point of saying, I don't know what to do. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. How... Firstly, I don't know how I got into this situation in the first place. Because mm-hmm. and for me, as I say, I thought I knew about how to... I'd studied all the courses and, and all of these different things on setting goals and taking control of your life. And I thought I was doing that. But suddenly I felt completely like life wasn't in my control at all because I wasn't choosing any of this to happen. But funnily enough, what happened when I got through the, the whole you know mess and the light at the end of the tunnel sort of thing, yeah. as I sort of rebuilt my life back, what I noticed was things were happening in quite a different way. Because I started some new businesses doing things that I actually really enjoyed. And what Mm -hmm. I found was opportunities were coming to me. You know, before I was chasing success and I was struggling to achieve it and I was setting higher and higher goals myself. 
and I was push, push, pushing myself to achieve more, be more, you know, never be satisfied with what I had, always mm -hmm. looking out for ways I could earn more money or have more things or whatever it will be more successful. But after I went through the losing everything stage, as my life, as I rebuilt it back, I noticed, as I said, things were coming to me, opportunities, people that I hadn't seen in a long time would come, I'd suddenly meet them out of chance. Mm -hmm. And they'd say, hey, I've got an opportunity for a, something you could do here. Or I'd come up with new ideas and think this is a really good idea. And I'd act on it. And instead of being a struggle and, a, and lots of problems and lots of barriers in the way, it worked. So it, and the things that you went from yeah. you went from chasing to uh, to attracting, right? Exactly. And yeah. So I, I didn't I, understand I, what that was. Yeah. I've got to ask though, how did you? Because because you, you're you're multimillionaire, and then we're down and we're living on mum's couch, and then you work your way out of this. Was there anything? Obviously, you, you discovered how the mind works. What was it you did that broke you out of that that cycle and got you back up running again? Can I just correct you on one thing? It's Absolutely, not how your yeah. mind works. It's not how your mind works. It's how your brain works. And there's a big difference. Please because educate we all have yeah, this idea about the mind, yeah. the mind working. It's not actually what I've discovered. It's not actually about that at all. Well, this is my my research has has led me to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um. But essentially, I didn't realize at the time what I was doing differently, but I noticed my results were very different. Mm -hmm. And it's because as well as setting up new businesses, doing things I really enjoyed, both in business and personally, you know, I attracted a new relationship, which was far better than anything I'd ever had before. Mm -hmm. And I was meeting good people. I was coming up with new ideas. Things were flowing. I was earning all the money I needed and wanted to do whatever I wanted to do. And I was enjoying my life. And the best part about it was I didn't have that, those problems and that stress. I didn't have this burden all the time of drama and, and, and tension and stress to deal with. You know, instead of waking up in the morning dreading opening my inbox, I, I, I woke up in the morning excited about the day. And yeah. I thought, wow, this is amazing. What am I doing differently? And I wanted to find out what I was doing differently because I didn't want to stop doing it. Okay. I, I, this is working. You know, I was finally feeling in control of my life, enjoying my life, doing everything that I thought owning a business was all about, which was actually giving you freedom and enjoyment without stress and problems. So I thought, I need to figure this out. And I went right back to basics, if, mm -hmm. if you'd like to share what I, would, I, came, what I, would, I would love you to, to, to dig as deep as you want into this, because um, it's fascinating to me, the amount of change that the mind and the mindset has had on the way I operate and the way my business works. And I would love to share that knowledge with everyone listening, but I'm not the expert, you're the expert. So please dig as deep as you want to go with this, Liam, because I'm just, I'm just listening with, with <laughs> wide open ears, mate. Right. Well, I thought, I'm, I thought I want to figure out what I've done, what I'm doing differently. <clears throat> and it took me quite a while to figure it out and a lot of research. But I thought, you know, I've got all of this knowledge. I've done business courses on marketing and, and everything to do with business. I've done mm -hmm. personal development, motivation, self-help courses. I've done spirituality courses, religion. I've got all of this knowledge, but what's missing? What am I missing here? What's the missing link that 
finally is enabling me to actually live the life I really want, <clears throat> whereas I hadn't before, even despite the outward quote unquote success. And I thought, well, I need right. to, let me take it right back to basics here. What's the most basic thing I can ask about who I am? And I, and I thought, well, we can all, you know, the question of who are we has been asked by people throughout the scene for thousands of years and come, right. everyone's come up with all sorts of different ideas. But I thought, but you know, despite all that, there's probably one thing we can all agree on that is true, and that is we live in a bio biological body. We live in a physical world. Can I ask so you a on question? On one level, I am a physical person. Yeah. Do you so? Do you think that we are like beings of light that inhabit meat suits? Then. I, I'm not <laughs> sure what you mean by that. So, so our consciousness is piloting our bodies like we live our, our consciousness and our body are two separate things two separate states our consciousness is what's responsible for piloting the body that we're in well i have a slightly different approach so maybe i could explain my theory please yeah see what you think yeah 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 <laughs> I'm, okay i'm, I'm just like this a kid is... in a kid in a candy shop i'm, I'm loving listening to yeah. what you're teaching me so anyway <clears throat> The question is, we have a biological body, we, we are a life form, mm -hmm. and we live in a, a living world that is full of other life forms. So from a biological point of view, what is the purpose of my biological existence? And it actually turns out to be the same for all living things. And if you ask any biological scientist, he will t they'll all tell you the same thing. Mm -hmm. The purpose of being alive is actually to survive on a very basic, fundamental biological level. All life forms are wired and programmed. The most fundamental aim and need is to survive. That's what every, every life form is trying to do. Right, so that right. includes human life. There's a part of us that is tr trying to survive. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's biological reasons for that. So we can continue the, the survival of the species. Everything's programmed to survive. But everything is also programmed to try and survive the, its best. And when is something best able to survive? It's when it's at its best. Mm -hmm. So when you think about it, when an organism, organism is its healthiest, that gives us the greatest chance for survival. And when it comes to being a human being, when we're at our best, that also gives us the greatest chance for survival as well. Course, and we're yeah. biologically wired to seek to be our best. Mm -hmm. But being our best also means not just physically, so that we fight off disease or attackers or we heal from injury, being at our best also means being at our best mentally and emotionally. So that means, and when are we at our best mentally and emotionally? When we're feeling good, when we're happy. So we are biologically actually wired to be happy. That is okay. our purpose, because that's when we're at our biological best, and that's when we have the greatest chance for survival, which is our purpose biologically. Okay, we're just talking about biology here. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. this is the machinery we're working with in a physical world. So the next question is, okay, well, has nature provided any mechanisms, tools, resources to life to enable it to, to reach its purpose, to be mm -hmm. the best that it can be? And it turns out it has. All life forms have an intelligence that is designed to make it the best it can be, to give it the greatest chance of survival. And in higher life forms or more complex life forms, it's a brain. And the right. human, it's exactly the same with us as humans. Our brain is actually a biological instrument designed specifically to keep us alive and being the best that we can be so that we have the greatest chance for survival. Mm -hmm. That's what it is on a biological level. 
right? Okay. So here's the thing. There's one very important thing about the brain that we don't realize, though, and that is it's actually like when I said that there are mechanisms for survival that mm -hmm. all life forms have, and we have a brain, it is a, our brain is a mechanism. It's a machine. It actually works in a very specific way, biologically. And the thing about any machine that we all know is, for instance, if you have a car, we know what a car is as a machine. Right, it's designed right. to do something very specific. It's designed to take you from where you are to where you want to go. Mm -hmm. And it will do that efficiently, predictably. It will definitely do that if it's used the right way. Right. It will do it in a way that is enjoyable and comfortable. Mm -hmm. That's its job is to get is to do that. But you also know with a car that if you don't drive it the right way or if you don't know how to drive it, it's, it's not going to be able to do its job properly. Mm -hmm. But its purpose is to do something efficiently and enjoyably. Yeah. And it's the same with your brain because if biologically you're designed to be the best you can be and the happiest you can be, and the brain is this incredible instrument, this machine that, that is specifically designed to do that, the question arises, why do we have problems in our life? Why do we have stress? Because problems and stress don't help us survive biologically. So they have no biological purpose. You know, we all know that stress and problems limit our ability to survive and thrive and be our right. best. They make mm -hmm. us worse. They can, they can, you know, give us illness and, and disease and, and, and weaken us. So there's not actually any biological purpose for problems and stress. So all they can be is a sign that, like with any machine, that it's not being used the right way because it like a car if you use it the wrong way you're going to have problems yeah and it yeah. turns out the more research i did into how the brain actually works this is all absolutely the, the case and i created a model there's actually four parts to the brain okay. and they've all got scientific terms and they've all got different physical locations in our head but they have four different main functions and i've simplified it into a model really that people can understand because like with a car, you don't need to know the name of every wire and, and leave and little right. bit of machine that goes into it and how it works. But but if you know a few things, which button to press first yeah. and which mm -hmm. lever to do second, then it will work perfectly for you. It's not designed to be complicated. And that is true of the brain because even though it is an enormously powerful, we are designed to be able to use it. We are designed to be able to create a life that we don't have stress and problems. And I know this sounds a bit weird, and it sounded weird to me, because mm -hmm. I thought, how can you not have stress and problems in your life? Everyone knows, everyone's got stress and problems. Right, right. But it doesn't make biological sense to have stress and problems. And when I realized I wasn't having any stress and problems, then I realized also, well, it can't be just, it can't be inevitable and in the way we're designed as well. It is possible to live without stress and problems. So, we're not designed to have stress and problems. That's the thing. So how does it how does it work? Because I'm intrigued now. There's, there's four different areas of the brain. I'm assuming they've all got to have some symbiosis and, and, and work together and stuff. To, oh, definitely. Tell, yeah. tell us tell us how it works, man. Just just break it down for us like we're uh, yeah. like like we're fifth graders. Sure. Well, that's <laughs> what I've done with my model. My that's what this is what I teach. Right. So basically, I, yes, I can't four, spell. Four There's a whole parts. lot of words. Sorry, go on. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be able to spell these words yeah there's a whole lot of words i can't spell so you gotta got make it so i can understand it so there's four parts to your brain the first part is what i call your thinking brain mm -hmm. and this is the part that's located on the top of your head okay and what this part does the way this operates in every moment of your life 
everything that your environment, it, it collects data from your environment through your five senses. So mm -hmm. everything you hear, smell, taste, touch, and see, mm -hmm. and also your thoughts and ideas, it gathers all this data, the thinking brain does, and it stores it in basically what is a big library or a database of information. And the information is everything that you've gathered. It's limited to what you've gathered in your life, all right, your, through your experience. That's stored in the thinking brain, this library. The second part of the brain is located just below the thinking brain, and it's the feeling brain, the emotional brain. This is the part that's responsible for how you feel. So it produces chemicals, which we sometimes call hormones, or they're actually more correctly called neurotransmitters, to make us feel a certain way. We can either feel loving, good, happy, all those positive emotions, or we can go all the way down to feeling stressed, afraid, worried, Yeah. all produced by the emotional brain. That's its job. The third part of the brain is located at the back of the head. It's the surviving brain. Right, right. And what this brain does, this part of your brain, this is responsible for keeping you alive, keeping you surviving, doing everything necessary to make that happen. So it's everything automatic like your breathing your heart rate all of the functions of your body that happen automatically to make sure that they these keep operating without you having to think about it obviously and there's another very important aspect of survival and this is key to how the brain works and how most people are using it the wrong way and this that's the part that is sometimes called the fight flight freeze reflex so this is the part of the survival brain that is designed that when in prehistoric times a lion rushes at you from the forest, you react. It activates this thing called the sympathetic nervous system, which mm -hmm. kicks in your survival fight, flight, freeze reaction. So you, you don't think about it. You just, As we know what happens, you just react. So you might shout out for help or run away or try and stand and, and defend yourself. Whatever it is, this is all a, a very important survival um, aspect right, right. of your survival, managed by your survival brain. But, but just to make a little point, and I'll come back to this shortly, and people see how this all fits together and how these four parts work, and how we've all, most of us are using it the wrong way. Mm -hmm. That part, that survival instinct, is only designed to be activated when you when you're facing an immediate threat or danger to, to your survival. Right, something right. that could harm you or kill you on the moment. So, mm -hmm. you know, when a lion is coming at you from the forest, that's when it's designed to be activated. And the, so that, that's the surviving brain. Now, the fourth part of the brain, and this is only relatively recently, certainly more recently than the other three parts, mm -hmm. been identified and studied by, by neuroscientists. And it's what I call the creating brain, mm -hmm. the creative brain. Now, this is the part of the brain where your imagination comes from. It's where you get new ideas. It's where you suddenly wake up and go, hey, I've found a solution to, to that problem. I know what right. to do. Or that's the right answer to, to that decision. Or you get that gut feeling. Mm, I don't know if I should be doing that. Or you think you, you, you meet someone. I'm going to marry that person. Or mm -hmm. you walk into a house and say, I'm going to buy this house. I don't know why, but I am. Both <laughs> of those things happen to me, by the way. Right. Maybe right. to most people. So you, we can identify with this. But this part of your brain, this creating part of your brain or creative part of your brain, this also handles things like, and this sounds a bit strange, but we need to remember our brain is enormously powerful. It has the power of 500 trillion computer microprocessors. It literally is by far the most, most powerful computer that exists on the planet. And I'm not talking about everyone's brain together. I'm talking about an individual brain. Mm -hmm. In fact, they did an experiment several years ago with a 
supercomputer super in Japan called the Fujitsu K computer. And they carried out an experiment to see how long it would take one of the world's most powerful computers to do what the human brain can do in one second. And it took that computer 40 minutes to do what your brain does in one second. So you're actually a genius just by being here. We you don't realize it. We all are. Now so I here's like the thing I'm... about the creative brain. Yeah, go ahead. The thing about the thing about the creating brain, because of this enormous power, this is the part that's designed to create your ideal life being you being the best that can be. This is the part that manages your life to make sure you have the best chance of survival. It manages the other three parts or it's influenced by the other three parts, but this is the driver because it also contains everything. It also manages your environment. And on a low level of awareness, we might think of something as luck or coincidence or synchronicity. There's no such thing as luck or coincidence in, on this planet. There can't be, otherwise it wouldn't exist. These are all part of your creative brain, bringing you literally the right people, the right circumstances, the right opportunities for you to strive, live, live at your best, being happy as well. But here's the thing about the creative, so, and the way you're supposed to live, the way we're designed to live biologically by being our best all of the time, being in the flow, which means making, being happy, making the right decisions, doing the right things, the right opportunities coming along. Science has a word for this. It's called homeostasis. It's the mm -hmm. perfect functioning right. of the organism. Mm -hmm. It's what every living thing is aiming to be. It's designed to be living in this perfect state of homeostasis where everything is functioning perfectly. And sometimes we call it for hu humans being in the flow or being in the zone. Yeah. But it's that yeah. feeling we've all had where things are going really well. You're happy, you're grateful, you're loving, you're resourceful. You've got all of these good ideas. Things are clicking, you know. That's the way we're supposed to live because that's us being the best that we can be. That's us living our biological purpose. But there's only one time we're not supposed to live in that state. And that is when the lion comes rushing unexpectedly from out of the forest. Right. And there's an immediate threat to our danger. And what happens then, remember I said the survival brain kicks in and mm -hmm. it produces this reaction to get rid of that danger immediately. But what actually happens in the brain in that instance when you're faced with an immediate danger, what actually happens is the signals come into your brain and they're interpreted, and, and it's a little bit more complicated than this, but just to say yeah. your brain interprets and sees that there is a danger to your survival. It sends a signal in the form of those neurotransmitters, those feelings, and it activates fear. And then that kicks in the survival part of your brain, which says, right, I've got an immediate threat to deal with. There's the lion, react and get rid of it. And then when all that's gone, your brain says everything is safe and it activates the good neurotransmitters and you go back, which activates that creative part of your brain. So you go back to, to um, being resourceful and enjoying your life and doing all the right things. But here's the thing, when, when your brain activates that negative fear-based reactive state, uh -huh. what it also does is it shuts down anything that's not necessary to deal with that immediate danger. And what does that include? Your, your creative brain, your resourcefulness, right. your imagination, your creativity, your motivation, your all of these things, your awareness, they are not only useless to you when you're facing an immediate danger, they could be harmful. Right, right. Because the lion's coming at you, you haven't got time to, to appreciate the flowers and the and the and whatever's good about it. You, you've got to switch out of that into this fear-based state and get rid of that danger. So what's the problem? The problem is 
whenever you activate that fear-based state. In other words, whenever you fear, feel fear, stress, worry, or anxiety, what your brain is sending the signal is to say, you're facing an immediate threat to your survival or something that could harm you. And it gets you to focus on the negative of everything. So, which is perfect that the lion's coming. You want to see what all the dangers are. You only want to be 100% focused on the danger, the negative in your environment. That's what your brain is laser-like focused on to make sure that it doesn't miss anything. Mm -hmm. And it blocks off all your creativity and resourcefulness. That's great. But what happens when you're trying to solve a problem, when you're feeling stressed, fear, afraid, and worried? Your brain has put you in the state. Your brain is saying you're facing an immediate threat, even when you're not. Yeah, the and stock you, market goes down. You your can't change that focus. Down. You can't change that focus. It's, yeah. Well, you can't because your brain is has been, mm -hmm. um, you've programmed it or not, I don't like the word programmed, but you've, it's been wired in a certain way based on all of the information that's come at you all, all your life to yeah. say that if the stock market goes down or if your business goes down and your wife tells you she wants a divorce, that's a threat to your survival. So it makes you feel stressed, afraid and worried. It makes yeah. you reactive and it blocks out your res any resource you have got to actually solve the problem and yeah. to create the life you're supposed to have. That makes, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, if, if you're constantly worried about things and constantly facing down the lion, you don't have you don't have any mental capacity. Every time you try and focus on something else, your your natural brain will bring you back to the, the the fight or flight stuff. That makes a lot of sense, man. This is a biological function. So the, the mm -hmm. problem is we're using this part of our brain the wrong way. We're using it to to react to something that is not an immediate threat to our survival. And what I realized the difference to what I'd been doing, I'd been living in that fear state all those years. That's why mm -hmm. I'd been stressed. That's why I was struggling to achieve. That's why I always wanted more. Because part of it was I was afraid I would, wouldn't have enough. Mm -hmm. You know, I might lose what I had. So I kept having to have more, more, more and kept striving and everything. But that's not naturally the way you're supposed to live. And that's why you make mistakes. That's why you do the wrong. You know, I mentioned I made a whole lot of bad decisions and yeah. came back yeah. to bite me. That's what happens. And I'm sure in business, we all, a lot of our time we spend cleaning up messes because of decisions we made that we should never have made in the first place. <laughs> I certainly did that. You know? And I thought, so you employ the person, you have this gut feeling, maybe they're not quite right, but you say, no, I'll make it work. Or I'll make this part of my business work. Or I'll make this decision I've decided, I'll make it work. And mm -hmm. I'm determined and I'm motivated. And then I'll feel good that I've overcome. That's <laughs> That's not the way we create success in our life. I, I'm laughing. Our success comes when we do the right thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I, I've I've lived that way. Like I'm I'm way better we at business. Have. Way better at business now. Um, way better. But the the stuff you're going through is is going over. Sorry, is is things that I've been through. It's mistakes that I've made too. Um, and I'm I'm really really loving listening to to how you're explaining this. Um, move forward with me and now we know the issue how how did you go about solving it and how did you go about taking control of the negativity and being able to use your creative brain to think around these uh, the issues well there's really three things and i teach this in my own coaching program there's three levels if you like mm -hmm. the first level is you've got to really understand that this is how your brain works it is a machine it doesn't matter how motivated you are and how much you, you, you want it to work a different way or how much you pray. 
if you put yourself in a in a worrisome state you are blocking your brain's resources to create your, your creative resources and you're just in a reactive state that that only has a very limited very negative view of you and the world and it it's not the problem solving part of your brain yeah but Liam, so it's, it's, really it's easy for us to to say this and say hey you you can't be stressed out you've got to ha how do we help a business owner that's that's going through distress and how do we or how do you help them help them to see past that and and, and achieve through that sure well that's the next two levels because oh sorry when, <laughs> but the thing is what the point i'm making is when you understand how your brain works mm -hmm. it's a little bit like a car when you know how to drive it you don't have any question of driving it any other way you think well right, if right. i if i realize that fear and anxiety is my enemy mm -hmm. then i've got to do whatever i whatever it takes to eliminate it as much as I can from my life. And, and, and that's the reality of it. That's just the way the machine works. It's the mm -hmm. way it's designed to work. So it's a bit like if someone gave you a glass of hydrochloric acid and said, drink this and I'll give you a million dollars. And you say, uh, no, sorry, I, it's not a question of how much money. I'll give you $10 million. And if you pray and are really motivated and determined, it won't harm you. Yes, it will. Of yeah. course it will. That's just yeah. the way it works. So the thing about fear and negativity is when you realize that that is the enemy, that is holding you in this, whenever you feel that, you're finished. Your brain is not operating in a way that can function and give you this creative life that you're really looking for. So the first thing you're going to do is you're going to be very mindful of what you put into your, what, what you allow to go into your head. Mm -hmm. And anything that makes you feel bad, you realize if, it, if something makes me feel bad, doesn't matter what it is or how justified I might feel that I need to have it make me feel bad if it makes me feel bad i'm going to be into my going to my limited survival brain and i won't be able to, to operate and create my ideal life all i'll be able to do is react right so and we all have a choice as to what we put into our what mental fuel if you mm -hmm. like we put into our head you have the choice about whether you want to watch that news article that's talking about the economy and how terrible things are you have the choice about whether you want to talk to that person, employ that person, do business with that person, mm -hmm. work on that part of your business that isn't working right, but is causing you all the stress and worry and you're trying to, trying to fix it. You have the choice over all of these things. And if you realize the greater thing is it doesn't matter what these things are, the more important thing is to eliminate the negativity or at least to limit it because that's stopping you from... from what it's really doing is stopping your brain from bringing you all of the right stuff. And this is one of the problems with setting goals that mm -hmm. is that people set goals in a state of fear. So they're always going to be the wrong goals pretty sure. well. Do you, do you eliminate negativity? How, how do you eliminate negativity? Um, yeah, I, I try to eliminate negativity by focusing on things I, I'm grateful for and in taking time to be thankful for the things I do have. Do you have any techniques that you use that you can share that, that would help the listeners maybe maybe to, to switch over and stop focusing on things that are negative? The problem with that, and I tried that for years, you know, positive thinking and changing my thoughts and all of that. Mm -hmm. but the problem is you you your brain is still in a negative state mm -hmm. and you're trying you're you're trying to overcome something with effort when you'll never overcome it. It's a little bit like affirmations. I used to carry these affirmation cards around and read them hundreds of times a day about I'm rich and I'm happy and all of that. Mm -hmm. But that's not the message you're sending your brain. You're sending, what you're really saying is, I want to be positive. I want to be happy. I want to overcome this negativity, but I am feeling bad right now. 
So you need to work it on a, on a more fundamental level. It's not about your thoughts because the part of your brain that is activating your stress or your either your survival or your creative state, which mm -hmm. in other words, it's either your survive or your thrive state. Right. It's not necessarily from your thoughts. It's the way your brain is interpreting your environment. So I know it sounds brutal, but it's what I did. And that is you just have to make a decision. Am I going to, is it worth having this, this negative whatever situation in my life is it worth me hanging on to that because mm -hmm. i'm never going to be able to create my ideal life if i've got something that makes me feel bad and again we have a choice i do a lot of marriage and relationship coaching mm -hmm. as well i've got coaching programs and books and a podcast about it yeah. i've been doing that for quite a few years and again i found that was the difference between people as the ones who are prepared to let go of a toxic negative relationship they ended up finding a far better relationship and they'd contact me later when I, cause I helped them through this attachment to something that's making them feel bad, which is based on fear about the future of the right. unknown. Right, if right. they let it go. And that's the same in business. If you, if you're not letting go of something that's making you feel bad, it's because you're afraid that something better won't replace it, but your brain will replace it with something much better, something you wouldn't dream of. And that's what's happened to me and people I've coached amazing stuff has happened to me that I wouldn't have in the, my wildest dreams thought might happen mm -hmm. but and they're all unexpected things because my brain is saying this is what you need to be happy it this creative brain knows more than you think you do about what you need to be happy so you do need to make that decision but negativity if something makes you feel bad I'm not trying to sound brutal I'm just explaining the facts yeah. <laughs> of how it yeah. works um you have to overcome your fear and say, you know, I don't need that part of my business that isn't working right. Mm -hmm. Or I don't need to worry about not making about making more money or whether I'll have enough, or I don't need to strive for all of these things. The right things will show up. And it's funny, I know this isn't a religious program, but I was brought up a Christian. Mm -hmm. it says this all through the Bible on how to use your brain. It says, do not be afraid. 360 times it says, do not be afraid. I, I am not. I am not opposed to religious teachings at all on this show. You can we we can go wherever you want to go with mindset, religion, all of it. I I think it's all it's all intertwined, and I I think all the religions out there are just history's way of trying to teach us fundamental things. So please bring religion in. Like yeah, I'm I'm all about it. Well, you know the the Bible says, "Be not afraid, have no fear." It doesn't say try not to be afraid. Says, be not afraid. That's a that, good because point. an instruction on how your it's how your brain works. Yeah. And please, yeah. you know, maybe try to be a little bit less afraid. And you, no, be not afraid. Mm -hmm. Fear and anxiety and worry are, are results of fear as well. There, mm -hmm. it's all the same thing. That's going to switch you into this non-productive part of your brain. It's only there to be used. Fear is only to tell you that you're facing something that's going to kill you or severely harm you right now. It's not designed to be used for some imaginary scenario that your brain has manufactured because the part of your brain that is telling you you're facing an immediate threat when you're not it has no sense of time this part of your brain it's actually your emotional brain so it literally you've wired into your brain somewhere that a war going on somewhere else could mean a bomb's going to drop on your head right now because you've seen pictures of bombs dropping right, on people right. so your brain is saying that's a threat to your survival right now and so it makes you feel bad because on a logical level a war on the other side of the world or somebody being sick or something happening, that's not affecting you. Right, right. Being really honest about it, right here and now, it's not a threat to your survival. 
it's not but your brain has been wired to think that it is and that's why it makes you feel bad and your brain is expecting to deal with an immediate threat to your survival so it puts you in this reactive state whereas yeah it's what, totally understandable. the next level is yeah so the next thing you need to do after you've stopped putting this negative stuff in after you realize this is the enemy this mm. is you know and part and the, what's the opposite of fear it's trust because when you understand the creative part of your brain you don't need to figure stuff out you don't need to set goals you don't need to try and work out what you want this part of your brain already knows and life is a lot more exciting when things come along and you just act on what comes along i know this sounds counterintuitive but it is actually the way it works and again what does it say in the bible give no thought for tomorrow do not be anxious do not worry about what you shall eat drink or and it's again saying that because you're not supposed to worry about it all of nature all of biolog biologically is designed to give you everything you want to be the best that you can be that's how you're biologically wired and that's what your brain is trying to do but it doesn't do it through your thoughts and it doesn't do it through fear those are um th the fear instinct is just to deal with that immediate threat to your survival and i realized this is what i was as i said what i was doing differently and, and the more i understood this and the more i started to just go with my instinct see what showed up and and really be mindful of what negativity i allowed into my life and really shut it out and i was lucky because i lost everything so so all of the a lot of the all the negative stuff you lost all the well. negative shit yeah um, I'll, I'll get out of there too yeah um but it's amazing what started to show up in my life and you know people contact me um when i coach them and they contact me later and they go you won't believe what happened to me i couldn't believe that i met this person or that i'm doing this i would never have dreamt that i was doing it and i can't believe how happy i am but of mm -hmm. course you can't dream it because that's your thinking brain that's your in particular if you're feeling stressed about it your brain can't think of anything positive it's focusing on negative stuff but your creative brain once you trust it once you understand that it's an incredible machine that's a powerful machine that's designed to do this that's when the good stuff shows up in your life and then you act on it and mm -hmm. that's when a, a, the right decisions come to you and you act on it it's the way you're designed to be i like that i like that i you know there's an old saying that that perception is reality, right? And pe people's reality of you is is what they see you project on the outside, but your reality of you is is what you foster inside of your own subconsciousness. Can you talk us through that a little bit and and how that works? Well, everything is perception. Mm -hmm. So your brain is trying to create a reality for you that makes you feel good because yeah. when you feel good you're at your best and you're going to survive better. Mm -hmm. So it's based on your perceptions. It's not even based on what actually happens to you. <clears throat> because anything that happens that you think is a problem in your life, I guarantee you there's somewhere in the someone somewhere in the world who has either got that problem or has had it who would say it's the greatest gift that they've ever had and they're so grateful that it happened mm -hmm. same with me losing everything and probably for you as well I, at the time it was a problem yeah it was, looking it was, back on it yeah. my brain had given me a huge gift i wouldn't have anything like this understanding i wouldn't have the life i have now wouldn't be here sharing with your listeners what i've learned right, if i right. hadn't had that experience so yeah. how can you call it a problem it's problems are only something that from our limited perception because we can't see the future and we can't look back on what it meant 
that we think is, is a problem. But again, when you start using your brain the right way, you actually create a lot fewer problems for yourself. And the ones you do have, you don't see them as problems. You see them for what they really are. They're not problems. They are opportunities. They are gifts. They are ways to help you grow. And you know, who knows that down the track, if you have a problem, maybe you're an alcoholic or not you, but one, one a person, or they have a, this business problem or a personal problem. How do you know that you, you're not going to be helping other people through your experience? Oh, from that you don't you absolutely are yeah i'm i'm <clears throat> i'm an alcoholic i just choose not to have a drink every day um you know it, it's and and the more people that i can get that message to you know well how did you quit drinking i just i just one day i said i'm not having a drink today and then i said it the next day i said it the next day i didn't say i was never going to drink again that's an, an unsurmountable task but not drinking today well that's pretty easy i can manage today you see and and, and that's how my brain rewired to to quit drinking so the more problems I solve, the more opportunities I, I create. So I don't see any problem as a problem now. Um, and, and when I work with, with my business, I'm in, in media consulting now. The first question I ask is, what, what, problem are we, what problem are we trying to solve? You know, I, I enjoy problems because my brain now frames problems as, as, as opportunities. So, well, I don't think those aren't probably problems because my definition of a problem is something that makes you feel bad because somebody can lose everything and not feel bad. That's so true. So it's not a yeah. problem for them. So <laughs> that's, that's what a problem. So yeah. everything you can see, every problem is purely perception. If it mm -hmm. makes you feel bad, it's a problem. The yeah. same thing might have a different perception to someone else. So it's not a problem. So yeah, that's, that's hmm. a really smart way to look at it. Yeah. That's, probably why you're the guest and i'm the host right <laughs> so well i've spent a lot of time learning the stuff you know it's yeah anyway I, I gotta ask um there's there's a few documentaries out um and, and i'm a huge documentary buff there's a few recent documentaries that have come out on netflix about psychedelics about lsd and about mushrooms do you have any knowledge in in those areas of, of how the mind works and how psychedelics can open up different avenues of the mind for, for individuals? I haven't looked it in, into it too deeply. And I, I think the reason is <clears throat> a couple of reasons. One is I go where my creative brain draws me to go mm -hmm. and shows me, and it's never really showed me much interest in that. But I think the problem, if you like, it's, at the end of the day, there's nothing right or wrong. If it harms you, it's wrong. But if it doesn't harm you, it's, it's not wrong. It's natural because right. we're designed to have that which enhances our life. But I, my suspicion or my perception, and, and this is my, my perception, is I think sometimes we're tempted to go down that track when we don't really need it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many things we don't need. All we need is our brain. We need, all we need to do is just trust that. That will give us, and, and what happens when you operate from your creative brain, your awareness expands greatly. And you start to see the truth about things. And you look around and you say, why is everyone seeing, seeing things as negative or as a problem? All I see is perfection. Because the world actually, if it wasn't perfect, it wouldn't exist. But it's your perception and it's being in this fear-based part of your brain that can only see limited limitation and negativity that, that thinks there's problems. And again, this might sound harsh, but you can, again, I say anybody who you if you think you've got a problem out there for whom it was a good, so it's it's just your perception, even though it's causing you a lot of stress and pain, but it is still a perception. 
and you can change it by changing the way you use your brain. That's the beauty of it. So I like, I like that. Your question about all the, you know, the enhancements on how to change your your thoughts. I, I I don't know. I've never been motivated to. to my brain hasn't taken me in that direction to say I need that or I have any desire to do any do anything like that. Yeah, I've, if it's helpful, great. But I've people never have tried to be uh... honest and say, is this helpful or am I using this as a sort of a you know, an escape from reality or, or, or a shortcut or yeah, a way yeah, yeah. of not, not taking my own power because all your power is right here. Mm. I, I've all never tried the, uh, I've never tried LSD or, uh, or, or DMT or any of that. Um, I, I have tried mushrooms a couple of times and there, there's research that shows that, that the uh, psilocybin can regrow um, neural pathways it helps with neurogenesis, and I just mm -hmm. I just find that that fascinating. And the 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 reason I asked you is because I went to your uh, I went to your website um, liamnaden.com, and the the lead image of the you've got a brain there, and you've got some geometric patterns behind it. That lead image was very very close to what I saw when I first closed my eyes um, when after I had uh, began to experience the effects of magic mushrooms. So I was like, man, I, oh, wonder if, I but the the geometric images up there okay. on your website <laughs> were were what were, okay. they they were similar to the patterns my brain created when I first closed my eyes on my on my first ever um, mushroom trip. Now I've only done them a couple of times, but I'm I'm just now in my forties, um, opening up to the the I hate this term, but the the woo woo side of the world. You know, the I mm. think that I think that a lot of this research was suppressed in, uh, intentionally. And uh, I, mm. I'm I'm very very grateful for people like you that actually understand the power that the mind has. So um, the man, brain, the brain. Sorry, <laughs> not the mind. Yeah. I I associate the two. I associate the two. Um, but yeah, the the brain has. So before we wrap this interview up, Liam, do you have any tips for business owners, especially for listeners that are struggling? Do you have any tips to help them? rewire their brain from negativity um, into the, the the space where they are able to use their creative brain what, what are some good pointers that people can can go off on and uh, try to do a few things themselves to help move them uh, to, to this creative side I think the main thing is or one of the main things is to realize that fear worry stress they are the enemy and to think what can I do to remove those and to trust that something right for you will show up. So instead of trying to hang on to something, and I know it's probably sounding a bit, bit not necessarily vague, but a bit general, but the problem is <laughs> with quick fixes, that's, that's using our brain the wrong way as well, because quick fixes never work. They never work for anything. No. But a permanent solution works. It's mm -hmm. like a house. You, you repair the cracks on your wall, you're going to keep getting cracks. Yep. You need to repair the foundations. Mm -hmm. And then when you do that, you can enjoy living in the house with no more cracks. So it's a bit <laughs> the same with your brain. Once you understand, you've got to say, I've got to work on, on eliminating and getting rid of negativ negativity and just giving this a try to trust that when I feel good, I will come up with the right solutions. Mm -hmm. I will come up with the right ideas. And don't be so committed to outcomes. Don't be so I thinking I, I have to do this in my business or I have to create this for me to be happy. Because... You know, I interviewed him in my own podcast. He might be a good person for your show, actually. He, um, very successful businessman. He had 
in the 1990s. He's retired now. Mm-hmm. And he had a million customers in his business. It was the largest coaching business of its type in the world. Mm-hmm. He had 500 staff. He had two private jets. And he said to me, you know, Liam, I could never have put that on a goals list. It's just not the way it works. Mm-hmm. It wasn't in there. I would never have written down that I've been doing all these things. So we need to trust that our creative brain, once we start realizing that it's running the show, it's designed to run the show, it's going to bring you amazing things if you stop being attached to having to have things a certain way. Yeah. And just let it go and see what shows up. And if something's not working, if part of your business isn't working, just say, look, I've got to get rid of it. It doesn't matter what it is. It might be the whole business. And the yeah. only thing stopping you from doing that is fear because you're worried that you won't have something better coming along. And you're going, well, you know, it's better if I focus on making this, trying to make this work so that when it does, I'll feel good. That's all your survival brain talking. Because your survival brain is about trying to fix an immediate problem. You're so right. But it's not going to, it's not going to solve you. It's not going to create your ideal life. And you might find the business you're in is completely wrong for you. Mm -hmm. You might go, I've done this. I, I remember once saying, going home and saying to my wife at the time we're going to sell the business i'm sick of it and she said what are you going to do i didn't know what i was going to do i didn't know for two years after i'd sold it mm-hmm. but um it has to go if it's causing you stress if it's not working you have to and it's difficult to see that from your survival brain because your survival brain is trying to fix you know yeah, get you feeling so safe. right you're so right you know in in my own experience with what i've done now from transitioning from real estate sales. I mean, I've always been in marketing. I started marketing in about 2008, but I I was using marketing to sell real estate and I just, I wasn't happy, but I was making enough money to where, eh, I'll just keep doing it. But I couldn't let that go. My mind was full. There was no more space in my mind because of the real estate. I couldn't allow any new ideas in. And so I took a leap of faith and, and, and stopped and, and that business is in the middle of being sold right now. It's it's not mm. anything I'm doing anymore. And just in the last few weeks, an abundance of opportunity has shown up in the mm. fact that I got rid of that thing that was keeping me held back. And I thought that was my security. I didn't want to let go of it, but it yeah. was stopping me from being great. And I think if people can realize that the negative emotions that you have and the fears that you have and the stresses that you have, there's only so much capacity in your brain. And if it's full of that stuff, you can't allow the other stuff to operate. You can't allow it in. There's, there's nowhere for it to go. And I think that the, the, the negativity, well, it's, it's, sorry, if you've on. got any negativity, mm-hmm. it's, it's even simpler than that. It's either you feel negativity and you're in, in this limited state or you don't feel negativity and you're operating from your creative state. Mm-hmm. It's not a question if you can have a little bit of negativity and maybe feel a bit bad. No, it pulls your focus away. When you're away. feeling like that, yeah. yeah. well, it just stops that part of your brain from, from operating. It it's literally is shut down. One bad apple spoils the, the whole thing. It's like, it's, it's just the way the machine works, you know, and, and it'd be nice to say, well, maybe I could drive the car. You know, I haven't got enough petrol to put in it but I'll put a mixture of petrol and fruit juice. It'll be 50-50. So there'll be, you know, there'll still be 50% It'll kind of um, work, yeah. fuel in there. That'll be all right. Surely it'll, surely it'll work. It ain't going to work at all, yeah. is it? It's no. just not the way it's, and it's the same with your brain. You're either 
got an immediate threat to your survival that your limited your survival brain is going to get rid of, or you're living in your natural, creative, thriving state where the part of your brain that's much bigger than your thoughts, that's connected to infinite intelligence, that's in, 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 incredibly powerful and is designed to give you the perfect life, that's the way you're supposed to be living. But that requires a bit of faith. That requires a bit of trust. And all of that comes from understanding. And that's why I'm teaching people about how their brain works, because when you start to understand how it works, and here's the other thing, when you have an experience of it working, I mean, things happen to me now that, that you, you wouldn't believe, and I, I just give up trying to, trying to figure it out, but I just allow things to happen. And um, when, you, when you realize, when you have a taste of that happening, when you see something come into your life that's really great, unexpected, and really works, then you start to go, well, maybe I can start to play with that, trust that a bit more, you know, and, and it happens more and more. And then you get to the point of realizing you can let go. You can just enjoy life. You can get rid of all the stress and pressure and just be working on the stuff that's coming to you and that you're working with out of joy, which is what you're finding with your, your marketing business around oh, yeah. real estate. Yeah. Like it's this... coming to you. It, it, that's what the brain is designed to do yeah people are like people are just just they're coming off of social media they're coming off of the podcast they're going hey we love what you do we want to work with you and all the time i'm just creating more content and doing more things that give me joy and you know i've almost forgotten and it's only been a few weeks i've almost forgotten that i ever sold real estate you know and um, yeah. the only reason i yeah. got into real estate was because uh, i was hired to teach realtors how to do marketing yeah, so it's yeah. Uh, it's been a funny uh, it's been a funny circle that's come back around, man. Liam, we are we are out of time for this interview, man. But it's been such an absolute pleasure um, spending this last hour with you, getting to know you, my friend. I uh, I would love to uh, I'd love to connect again in the future and uh, maybe do a follow up episode here in uh, in in a year or so. Right, just, love to just come back and see how you're doing because yeah. this. This whole mindset thing has really got me running down a rabbit hole and, and trying to discover and share as much about the power of the brain and of the mind as we can as we can get uh, get going. So thank you so much for coming on. I've got one final question before we get out of here. Please let the listeners know where they can follow along with you and where they can connect with you on uh, on social media and on your website if they're interested in learning anything more uh, about the the stuff that you do and about your coaching programs please share with us thank you well everything's on my own website liamnaden.com and i have a podcast there called using your brain for success mm -hmm. and this goes into more detail about how your brain works and how to use it and all that sort of thing um, so that's a really valuable, I'd recommend people have a look at that. And I also have a coaching program, which is around this neurostate rebalancing. And the, the, the component I didn't talk about before about is besides getting rid of the negativity going in, you've got to deal with the negativity that's already there. You've right. got to get your brain to see the difference between a real threat to your survival and an imaginary threat. In other words, the lion about to eat you and your wife saying she wants a divorce. If you, mm -hmm. if you see the difference. Yeah. So what neurostate rebalancing does, it's a process to get your brain to see the difference. And when you do, then you only feel afraid when you're supposed to. And the rest of the time, your brain can work the way it's supposed to, to bring you your ideal life, the life you're supposed to live. And so you, that's all on my website. You have a coaching program. So if people want to sign up for that, they can, they, you can walk them through that process, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. 
And I've, I also have, if people would like to have a taste of that, I've got a free audio on my website called Solve Your Problem. So if you have a problem or a question you're not sure about, what this audio does is it moves you from this stressed um, part of your brain that can't solve the problem. It shifts you into your creative state. And then you'll start to find you get better, you'll get solutions to the problem. You'll start to see what to do. And you'll also feel motivated to do it. So that's like a little taste. It's a temporary thing, mm-hmm. whereas the process is, is a more of a permanent thing about the way you live. But if people would like a taste of that, there's a, there's a free audio download on my website as well. For that. I, I would love for all of my uh, listeners to go and take advantage of that. I am going to go take advantage of it here in a little bit as soon as I get wrapped up here. Liam, it's been an absolute pleasure having you as a guest, mate. I, I really appreciate you coming on the show. So thank you so much. Thank you, Sam. It's been a real pleasure for me too. Thanks very much. Guys, that was Liam Naden, uh, liamnaden.com. He's just been an absolute pleasure to interview. Please go check out his stuff. Um, if you liked what he had to say, sign up and download his uh, his little exercise there and go through that and uh, show him some love. Give him a tag, share this out on social media. And uh, as always, you can find us at, uh, at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, yeah, man, I've really enjoyed digging into that. So uh, yeah, you'll be good. Have a great week and uh, check back with me on Friday for this week's episode of Friday Fire. All right, I'm gonna get out of here and get on with some work. And uh, I'm sure Liam's got plenty to get on with too. So you'll be good and, uh, and stay safe. We'll see you next time. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in historic downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com or on social media at TXFoundry. Thanks for tuning in.